Okay, welcome everyone to what I believe is episode one. Well, we're keeping the numbering of carried over from Agents of, of, excuse me, from the Shield TV podcast. But this is our first official episode of It's All Connected. Thanks for joining us. My name is Ken Morgan, and I'm joined uh, today with Russell Latham. How are you, Russ? Good. Good. We uh, we're excited. Things are moving around here with a lot of lot of build up to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is as we air this one month from today. Yeah. Uh, now coming up on August or excuse me, August um, July seventh is there's a preview, like seventeen minute preview in IMAX theaters. Are you gonna try to get to that? I have printed my tickets today. So excellent. Luckily, close the there's a theater pretty close to where I work, and they still had slots open today. Um, my buddy Glenn called me up and said, "Hey, you know, you need to to jump on this and get on it." Um, so I signed up for it. Normally, I, I tend to stay away from stuff like that just because I don't want to be spoiled. But we're kind of in a dry time for the show, so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about it maybe in like a spoilery section of 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 whatever show we have before Guardians. Um, and after this one, so I thought, you know, maybe yeah. it would be interesting to to just get initial impressions. I appreciate you taking one for the team like that. I, I will make that sacrifice. It's 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 Cub Scout Camp Week for me with my kids, so I, I just couldn't get – I'm just not going to be able to get there. I, it's not that I want to. It's kind of like that 10-minute uh, or so preview we got for Captain America about a month out of that movie uh, for Winter Soldier. Um, interesting they're doing in theaters, and I wonder if it's going to be the same or similar footage because did you hear what they're doing in Disney parks? No. In Disneyland, they're taking down or replacing for the, a short time, uh, I think it's Captain EO. Oh, yes, and yes, inter- yes. And interestingly, they are putting it also in Disney Hollywood Studios in Orlando. They're putting a a preview of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's all fine and good. It's really cool they're doing that. But what's interesting about that is ever since Disney purchased Marvel, there has been no, zero, Marvel presence inside the Disney parks in Florida, not so much in in California. In fact, they've had meet and greets with Captain America and with Thor uh, and a really cool Iron Man exhibit in California. But in Orlando, there's been no Marvel presence in the parks. Now, if you go to downtown Disney or even in their their hotels and the stores there, you'll see different Marvel branded things and they're getting more and more all the time. But it was the reason is, if you may have already guessed, is uh, Universal Studios yeah. in in Florida has had Marvel in their parks for some time now, and apparently that arrangement does not allow for uh, Marvel to be in a competing park in this case Disney, to the point where when they uh, they brand they've been they've been doing a wrap a branding of the uh, monorail um, uh, at Disney for a couple of things they did it for Tron they did it for Iron Man they did it for Avengers well the Iron Man and the Avengers monorails uh, could not go on the monorail track that actually went to Epcot because it actually crossed crossed the line 
and went into the park proper. So that counted as being in the parks. Wow. Well, apparently the the Marvel deal must be to specific characters, whether because apparently the Guardians of the Galaxy aren't part of that deal because they're in Disney Hollywood Studios for this promo, which is I found to be very interesting. Cool. Um, I'm I'm not going to be able to get to it because you know it's now and I'm not going until September. But hey, whatever. Um, although I did see I mentioned merchandise in, in the in the in the stores. There are now Spider Man and Iron Man and other uh, ears. Nice. So I, I think I found the ears I'll be getting this year. <laughs> so all that to say, I wonder if it's going to be the same footage. Uh, I can't imagine they're going to do a, too much, spread it around too much. Although we're seeing quite a bit in, in ads, and I'm really looking forward to it. Taking my kid, we're going to have a great time. And uh, we'll see how things go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enough about that. We're five minutes in almost, and we haven't talked about why we're here. Um, I figured we have not done a commentary track for Thor The Dark World yet. Um, it's high time we did that. And I thought, hey, here it is, one month out from Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's kick off It's All Connected with uh, a commentary track for Thor The Dark World. Russ, you and I did Iron Man 3 together. We can do this together, I'm sure. Yeah. And I enjoy doing these. I love talking about these movies. And uh, I basically get to hang out and watch the movie with Russ. And we get to talk about it, and no one yells at us. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, another show or something else that we may ha- do before Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. We had our John had a cool idea actually that maybe we'll do a show just about the connections of all these product these these movies and TV shows. So I think we're going to cook up something like that for maybe the middle of July or so, and that certainly would be after you see this preview, and so that might be a perfect opportunity to uh, to talk about that in a, in a spoiler section at the end of that show. And uh, we can go from there. We have, uh, There's been some uh, some more news that's been announced, which we're not going to get into today because we want to get to the commentary. It's a long enough movie as it is. Um, it was Eric Dawson. And, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but we've got some time, but, hey, one month out from Guardians Galaxy. I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Yeah, me too. I just, I just really am. All right, so Rush, how about you uh, let our listeners know what we need to do to get queued up to enjoy this movie with us, and uh, I'll stand by. Cool. So if you've never listened to one of our commentary tracks before, uh, what we'll do is we'll ask you to queue it up to a certain point, pause your podcast recording, and then when you're ready, you can unpause it, and we'll just uh, begin and get this ready to go. If you like what we did here... We'll have enough time, I think, before between when we record this and when we post this. I am going to create on the webpage at, at www.hhwlod.com, somewhere in a banner area, a link to a page that will have all the other commentaries that we've done. And so far, we've done commentary on various different shows across the network on every one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies to date. So this is, um, this is the last one that's been waiting for us to, to get in the can. Um, so I will do that. So if you like this, you can go ahead and listen to those as well. So that, that'd be cool. Um, so the way we're going to do this for Thor is if you queue up your Blu-ray, your DVD, your iTunes, Amazon, whatever file or method of choice is, um, skip past all the menus, skip past all the previews, um, and get it to the point where the, the Marvel flip as we, as we call it, just just barely uh, comes up on the screen, you know where you when you first see see it go from black to the flip, um, hit pause on your on your uh, DVD player, Blu-ray player, uh, computer, whatever, and then 
you know, pause up the recording. And then what we'll do, or we'll give you time to do that. And then uh, once you get it, get it lined up, unpause your podcast recording, and we will do a three, two, one countdown. And when we tell you to go, go ahead and hit the play button on your uh, device of choice, and we should all be synced up and ready to go. So again, go ahead right now, uh, get your file synced up to, like I said, right as as soon as you see that red of the Marvel logo with the with the flip, hit the pause button on your uh, player and you can pause your podcast right now. All right, here we go, everybody. Three, two, one, go. The old this Marvel the... flip. No, it should be the new one. The first time we get the new oh, one. Oh, that's right. This is, yes, you are, you are correct. Yeah, see, I was just going to say, this is the first time we get the new one. Yeah. And, and it was, in fact, if you remember when we talked about it on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was using the old one until the episode that aired after Thor 2 came out. And uh, they switched to this. I like the new flip. I do like the new flip. You know, it, it considering all the Marvel movies that are being done by other studios, this differentiates them. Very similar uh, opening uh, sequence, and that's a voiceover from uh, from uh, Odin. I kind of like that. I, you know, I like that they're keeping. You know, they switch directors. This is post Avengers. So I like that they've kind of kept that theme and that tone from the first one by by going back. I mean, with with right. Asgard's history being so uh, vast and so and so and so much depth there for them, there's plenty of stuff for them to to go back to. Right. So so the ether is just this this um, seemingly f- alive, almost fluid, an entity of itself, whatever it is. But I noticed uh, that it's got a very it's dark but it's got a red hue to it yes and um as we learn th- things about it later on uh, i wonder if that red is significant to uh, to what it really is i'm guessing so yeah i like so boar we see boar yeah so what do you know about the 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 cursed um i know it was a specific character in the comics or was it always a random foot soldier like it is here. I know. I, know, I don't believe. Here's what I know. I, here's what I know. The cursed in the comics is the cursed that we see later on. It's that character, that name. Yes. Um, but here we show the cursed was a foot soldier, just you know, generic elf who happened to take that power. Yeah, that's. So was it a, an individual? That's that's my understanding, but I am not uh, super. Uh, my depth. I don't have a lot of depth in the Thor mythos. Okay. It's almost like a cross between 300 and Star Wars. Yeah. So what do you think? I I'm, I might be early to go in here, but I, I got a feeling that I can't tell if Eccleston was wasted or just he was checked out during this whole movie. I don't think I really felt he was used pro- very well in this. Like, it could have been anybody. I think we talked about that in our... Wrap up episode two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it could have been, especially with the heavy makeup and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really th- think he brought much to the role, and whether that right. was 
by design or just by a casualty of the script or or whatever. Right, right. I remember during the uh, press lead-up to the movie, um, the couple interviews with, with Christopher Eggleston I had seen, he, his, his description of his character, and that could have also been he couldn't or didn't want to give anything away, seemed very nondescript or like, well, he's got a, a beef with the, the Asgardians and he's coming to get his revenge. All right, fun, funny story here. When they talked about the ether, my son whispered to me, he's like, Dad, I know where it is. Where? It's in the H. Of Thor, because the way they pulled out from the from from the ether, it turned into the logo, and it was like centered on the H. So he's like, "Yeah, it's in the H. That's where the ether's hidden." So that was pretty cool. So now we have Loki coming up. He's, um, I think, just being brought before Odin at this point. Uh, He's been back in Asgard for a while, I believe, and uh, I thought maybe this was right after the Avengers, but given the timeline with the Bifrost being fixed and that, I think this is just another appearance of his before Odin to attempt to repent. Yeah, yeah. Arrogant as always. I really don't see what the fuss is about. <laughs> Give or take. What's with the 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 bits at the end of the sentences that just it always seem kind of odd to me? Him? Yeah. Yeah, like the birthright. Birthright. Yeah, I, I caught that too. It seems like be his enunciation, just trying to get it that little more punch in there. Yeah. I do like that we got more Odin. I thought, and, and we I know we talked about this at the time, but I really thought we were going to get less Odin and and Frigga than we in this one than we even did in the first one. We got we got more Frigga in this one, and she's very relevant to the plot and the progression of this movie this time yeah. compared to last time. Vanaheim, one of the nine realms. Yep, yep. One of the criticisms from real, quote-unquote, real big Thor fans of the first movie was it was too Earth-based, not enough enough Asgard. And uh, my comment to a lot of them at the time was, you know, think about what they had to do. They had to get Thor introduced to Earth in such a way that he we could believe he exists in the same world as S.H.I.E.L.D. and Iron Man and the other Avengers. And they did that very well, I thought. I think it worked very well. But I fully expected and wanted to see more of Asgard and Nine Realms in this eventual sequel, and I think we definitely delivered with that. Absolutely, yeah. You got you got to kind of bring people in slowly, I think, as opposed to just throwing them in the middle of all this yep. craziness. Yeah. Jamie Alexander, a pers- close and, or personal friend of Brad Milo. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh. Chuck. Chuck, yes. I admit, though, I, I, I 
didn't appreciate the range he had, honestly, when I realized that that's who that was. I was like, it's Chuck, really? <laughs> and it wasn't and he, where you were like, oh my god, they cast another person. It, it, it actually was fairly smooth, given the fact that they had it, to recast. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask, I, I'm not familiar, why did they have to recast this? They couldn't because uh, What's-His-Face was doing Once Upon a Time. Who was... Who was... Who who was uh, Fandral in the first one? Charming. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I completely missed that. Oh, yeah. That's fabulous. I didn't did not know that. I didn't realize that. Yep. And I'm a big... I'm a, I'm a big fan of Once Upon a Time. I mean, we watch it a lot here. Now, the Stone Giants, if I recall, were in the first appearance of Thor in the comics. Yes. That was awesome. He just, yeah, yeah, big laugh. We had a lot of criticism of uh, this scene. You know, they, they, everybody in the in the sidelines looked like what they were—a bunch of extra, extras who were told to look busy. Yeah. Anybody else? Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> Got a hand it to Jamie Alexander as well. I mean, not so much for her performance for here. Not to say it wasn't good; it's very good, but. Um, uh, the fact that she, you know, it does this role very well, and she then became on Shield and brought helped bring that tie into the Agents of Shield world was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, and and you can tell she really she does enjoy it as well. You see that with a lot of these actors, though they seem to really enjoy this the, these these roles. Yeah, there's a lot of genuineness with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed that Hogan didn't stick with the team, but why? Do you, again, like, why do you think that was? Was that uh, just to lighten it up because we had some other characters in here we had to deal with, or um, actors' availability? Even it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could have been availability, but I mean, the only other time we're going to see him now, they could have shot this very day, and yeah. uh, was when they when the airplanes flying overhead. Mm-hmm. So we get a little bit more of Asgard. Even here, Asgard looks bigger than it did the first movie. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the palace is still the palace, but we get to see the grounds. We get to see um, more of life in the city proper. This is cool. I love the scene with the crows. Yeah. See, right there, I just I just look like he was speaking with the crow to me. I mean, maybe I misread it, but yeah, it's appropriate, though, that he would be. Mm-hmm. That was one of those little 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 nods in the Avengers that that made me smile was when the we got a a, a nice distance establishing shot of the mountain that that Loki and uh, Thor were on and the crows flew by there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Odin's agents on the ground, if you will. Mm-hmm. Huggin and Munnin. His ravens. Ravens, not crows, I should say. Well, they're ravens, then we call them. Of course, we have to have Thor with no shirt on. Well, yeah, he didn't bust his butt. Uh, 
lifting all that all those weights to not show it off. Yeah. And I think this was the scene that Whedon said you need to put this in. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, Whedon you know he did a little bit of script. He flew into London for a day is my understanding and did some script doctoring and that was one of his little pieces of advice that they needed to put in. That's for the girls. Keep the ladies happy. That's it. Bad enough the boyfriend's got to drag them in. <laughs> Let's give him something to look at. Yep. A little downtime. Andrew with his uh, fan club. Yep. Volstag with his family. Granted, I mean he's not he, big like like he is in the comics, but I still think I think they nailed his characterization, which I think is probably more key in, for, for many of these characters. Yeah, it's it's definitely grown on me. I, that was one of the criticisms I had with the first Thor, but I, I after seeing him in this one, I've kind of backed off on that a little bit. Yeah. Again, I thought it was it was a nice touch to have the two of them interact with each other because obviously, and you can see, I think Jamie Alexander does an awesome job of of conveying that she has feelings for Thor, and Thor just yeah. kind of he pretty much just thinks of her like a little sister. Well, he does, but again, his heart is in London or on Earth, Midgard, right? Um, and he, he he's you know wants to be with Jane or submitted by Jane and. So everybody was really pleased and impressed to see this guy. Honestly, I I don't know who this is. He the only thing I know of this guy is, I I think he was in some sort of sitcom, but he was in um, Bridesmaids. I I had not seen, and that. I've I've not actually sat through and seen all of Bridesmaids. I've kind of it's been on, and I've kind of seen it there and back. But he played like a state trooper or something like that that gets involved with Kristen Wiig. So, oh well, there you yeah. go. Did she attack him with her little tiny hands or? (laughs) Darcy, huh? Yeah. I don't mind her being there, but she really didn't serve a purpose, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I liked her better in the first one than this one. I, I, it's almost like they saw her in the first one, and she was pretty well-received, and they just amped her up a little too much in this one. Like, she was a little, maybe just a little too obnoxious in this one. Yeah, I just got it like she's was in the first one, and, you know, and, well, we got her, we got her on a contract. We got to put her somewhere, but... That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about her here. I mean, she, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't anything her, actually. I'm kind of. It's not that I don't like her. It's not that I don't like her. It's just, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm almost kind of the same way about Natalie Portman. I don't. Uh... Well, at least she's Jane 
Foster. I mean, at least yes. I've got a reason to pay attention to her. I have no reason to pay to pay attention to Darcy. That's true. Yes. Or 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 her intern, the intern's intern. No, the intern's intern. Yeah. Yeah. I think they let this scene go just as long as they need to before it became uncomfortable for us as well as them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we never got a reason why she was in there in the first place, or did she say they were here looking for scientific anomalies already? Like, she said that's why we're here, right? Yeah, yeah. Darcy Dar- Dar- yeah, said that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally got this driving thing down. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so they go to Stonehenge. We get this visual cue of Stonehenge and, of course, a lot more than we want to see. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know what to think about this. I mean, I know he's been a little, he's been weird since New York, but it almost like seems like they had this go a little further ahead. And I think it's fabulous that the news has a shot of Selvig right out of Thor. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a publicity still. It's a, the screenshot it looks like. I, I was okay with that. I know there was a lot of, there was some criticism about Selvig's character, but given yeah. all he went through in the Avengers, yeah. It, it made sense. The guy would be changed by that experience and be a little loopy. Right. So so here's where I was going. So we start with Stonehenge. Now we come here to this warehouse, and we find all these cargo containers are in a very similar pattern with the on their yeah. end. And, you know, so, I mean, they're early on. They're trying to give us a direct link between Stonehenge and what's going on here today. They do that pretty blatantly, actually. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to reuse the line from the first movie here. And say, I'm, well, I'm not going to die for three college credits. Yeah. Now we get to see what see a little bit of what's been going on here. Mm-hmm. They show this scene in the uh, in the in the trailers leading up to it. It's like you know we didn't know what to think of this, but yeah, the uh, laws of physics are going haywire. Yep. This is cool. I like this, how it just yeah. keeps... Getting, getting portal flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keeps ping of speed. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, as they keep going on with this, they keep throwing, you know, shoes and keys, and then when the keys get lost, it's like, I kind of knew pretty right then and there that they were going to come back and play into play later on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jane, give me your shit. New Mexico. Give me your shoe. <laughs> All right, so this this is the coming up is the thing that that if there's a point where I have a little trouble suspending disbelief, it's this part right here. She just happens to get as like they're 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 playing with a portal. It's going wherever, but they just she just happens to get sucked in to the point where the ether is. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of uh, suspension of disbelief and coincidence yeah. in this movie. You know, unless the ether is actively reaching out for a host, I guess I could kind of buy that because she is more dragged into this rather than just being. Than actually walking into it, and we kind of saw in the beginning when they show the ether, it it almost had like tendrils to it, you know, where it was, right, you know, kind of, you know, moving out. Yeah. So wherever Bohr put this, or wherever they happened to use the bifrost to put it, and you, you can tell they used the bifrost because there's the mark underneath the, sla- the, the stones, right. Um. You know, but it just happened to pull it right there. So now, interesting effect, the ether is trapped in in between these two stones. I'm sorry, I can't do that right now, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. I really liked how this one was shot. I mean, I like Kenneth Brenna as a a director. I think he has a good eye. I think he did a a great job with Thor. But everything was really bright. And, you yeah. know, kind of shiny. I guess it was all that New Mexico stuff. And yeah. I, and I kind of like how this one is, I, I mean, darker well, is, this is... this is the dark world. Yeah, yeah. But it just seems... So, you know, as the stones, just before we move on, the stones collapse on each other now. So, clearly, the ether's no longer there, and now it's completely inside Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. But the ether is active now, I guess, because, obviously, it's, it's reaching out, and the dark elves are awakening now. They've been drifting for... 5,000 years at least. Yeah. I'm, so I'm sorry, you're talking about the shooting? Yeah, I mean, lighting? I just, I really like the look of it. it. It's got a little bit of a, and not even grittier, because everything looks still pretty uh, smooth, but it just, the colors just seem to pop a little bit more. It doesn't seem as washed out, I guess, is maybe what I'm I'm, I'm getting maybe. at. And I guess here, because the ether has come out of its prison, that maybe they're able to kind of detect it and 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 see it, even though it's still kind of in that weird plane of existence. It uh, wherever, yeah, it's it's reached out enough that it's now it's got a, it has a vessel. It's able to influence itself a little more. 
It's a really cool shot. I just like the bright. I, I'm really impressed with how they did the Bifrost. I mean, that's something that could have really been yep. hokey. Well, that the whole Rainbow Bridge portion that they did is. I remember watching the some of the makings of the original one. That's practical. Yes, that's that's, that's a practical effect. That's a a, a, mem- a membrane uh, or some kind of layer that, as they walk across it, um, it 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 luminesces and tracks their footsteps and all that. That's but that's that's a practical effect there. That's not CGI. Yeah. I kind of like how there's really no discussion about how the Bifrost is, is back up and running again. It's just, nope, nope, they fixed yeah, it. Yeah, we fixed We're it. We're good. <laughs> it's all good. It got better. It got better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Idris Elba. I'm so happy that he had a little bit of a, more to do in this movie uh, yeah. than the last one. Yep. He had more to do, but really he and the uh, Warriors 3, and I said this, I think, in our in our discussion uh, when the movie came out, they they really they they served the same purpose in this movie they did then. You know he uh, he's going to uh, betray Odin, quote unquote, by you know causing a diversion. The first one he let them go through the Bifrost. This one he's going to draw their attention, draw attention of Odin away from them. Right. And then the other three are going to defy Odin by helping Thor just a little differently. Now in this case, they're going to go on their Breakout, uh, breakout Loki. This was I liked how they they shot these scenes where you're basically seeing the the ether's influence over her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know, kind of like just what it feels like to be her, trapped. And now she wakes up, emerged, and is here. Shield reference, and it's also the second point where I'm. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the movie because we left. Um, we left the first Thor, and and she was working with Shield. Basically, she was hand in hand with Shield. Yeah. Now, and and we talked a little bit about that. I think the only explanation I could come up with was whatever happened in New York, um, with whatever happened to um, Selvig, maybe caused her to not trust him again and break ties with them, which is certainly probable. As being inflammation, but they don't really address it, right? And especially when they say she was in a safe house, and you know, Thor specifically asked about her. Yeah, and 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 that probably all happened. So, but when we when we left Thor, she was in a fully outfitted, properly outfitted lab that she had full control over. You know, clearly had shield support. Even said Colton said, you know, of course you'll get your 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 research back. You need it. Yeah, we have work to do. Another Avengers reference. Yep. And again, just a real quick, you know, okay, let's just speak of it so people don't 
you know, sit there and question it and then move on and not dwell on yeah. it and make a big deal out of it. Yeah, let's movie stand on its own. Yep. That's one thing I enjoyed about Iron Man 3 and this one. It's it's clearly dealing with the after effects of the Avengers, but keeping them focused on their own story. You know, not acknowledge the Avengers, acknowledge what happened in New York, acknowledge what happened before, but uh, move on. we got to move forward on this. You know, And they're both yeah. very much about the aftermath of what happened to the Avengers, one way or another. In Iron Man, it was a more personal story. Sure, and here it's it, it, here it's more about Loki, really. I mean, Loki's yeah. it's Loki's effect and and Selvig to a degree. It, it's kind of I mentioned this once before that my my thinking of Phase Two, Phase One is how, um, you know the the you know the the birth of the heroes on the world, and I think Phase Two is more how the the world you know the the world affects the heroes you know just how sure, yeah. how these changes um have have affected affected them and less less on uh, the other way around sure makes sense all right so we just talked over the uh the ether influence itself protecting itself not so much jane but Thor immediately recognized. Oh, I just noticed. You see the Bifrost? It took off a chunk of the car. I, I mean, I knew yeah. a piece of the car comes through it, but I missed the missing chunk of car there. We'll see that in a moment here. Right before they come through the Bifrost, the uh, the bumper of the car will and, and yep. <laughs> there it is. I always I, I completely missed the 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 chewed up car every time I watch this, and I've seen it a few times now. Yeah, anyway, this is yeah, actually so, the second time I've seen it since uh, the theater. I have I've not seen it since the theater. Oh, cool. So yeah, uh, Odin, uh, Thor Thor recognizes something not of Earth, so he's like, "Oh, let's go." Yeah. So the Dark Elves have gone home. Yeah. What we just saw too with um, with Heimdall, when when Jane comes back, I, I like that he just kind of almost gives her like a nod, like he he approves of Thor's relationship with Jane. I think he, you know, because he sees all and kind of has been peeking in on her from time to time at Thor's request. I'm I'm guessing, he, it, it almost like he's gained a fondness for her. Whereas, you know, Odin, it's not that he doesn't like her. It's just he knows what he feels is best for Thor, and he does not think it's it's Jane Foster. So I, right. I I just like that that you know Heimdall's like yeah she's she's okay she's 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 a good she's a good cookie. All right, so got a little more of our uh, science's magic here. Yep. And of course, the Borg Queen is here too. Yes. Alice Krieger, indeed. Y yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny uh, exchange here. I enjoy the exchange with both. Uh, here we go. He's called me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. 
told your dad about me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then later with Frigga, that was that was just priceless with, with the Frigga later on. Mm-hmm. Odin does not approve. No, but Odin now understands, and he's like, all right, we've got to deal with this. Yep. All right, so now if there's a hook into the bigger MCU, this is it right here. Yep. Of course, there's our uh, our world tree right there. Nice touch too here with the book, you know, the moving, mm-hmm. you know, almost Harry Potter esque. Hey, I was just thinking thing. that, yeah, yeah. So he said the other relics appear as stones. Other, yep, the other relics. That's that's kind of the key right there. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the, really the last we'll speak of it in this way until we get to the uh, the post credit scene. Yep. Are they? History's written by the victors. Indeed. And, and really, I mean, Bohr hid the ether, and he knows Bohr. He knew he didn't destroy the Dark Elves. He probably knew that they crashed on their own and killed them and sacrificed themselves. Yet, as you say, he will write it down the way he chose to. Yep. But even if anyone else knew the truth, it's long been since, since been forgotten. I mean, even though they're they're all long lived, five thousand years is still five thousand years. Yep. And considering how young Bor was at the time, Odin himself could have certainly been alive, but a boy himself. Yeah. And and not have been privileged to all this to this information at the time. I didn't understand at the time where they were going with this, but it was really pretty quickly that it's a way to smuggle that into into Asgard. Mm-hmm. I like the ships. I like their little yes. their landing craft or fighter craft. Almost like blades coming right out of the side of the bigger vessel. And there's Cursed in disguise. You know, jumping back to our discussion of uh, in Art Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., specifically the Sith episode, 
when Lorelai was talking about how she escaped during the attack of the Dark Elves. Yep. Um, it's very likely she is in this, this prison right here. Yep. This is a, a great scene. There's a deleted scene that goes with this scene that we don't see. Yes. Um, explains a little bit more, expands on it a bit. I think we're almost led to believe later on in the movie that, that this was a, an illusion of Loki's just kind of keeping himself sane, but it actually is Frigga appearing before him in a hologram or a, some kind of magic. Yes. I like how they even keep the intricate pattern on the the energy barrier on the cell. You know, it still has the... Yep, fluctuates. Yeah. It's got that same... And that's very similar to the energy field we'll see during the... Uh, well, I thought I called it the Flash Gordon scene. Yes, yes. Frigga is the one person that Loki loves. Yes. Yeah. You know, the only one who's shown him unconditional love in return. Yep. I I think of all I think there's two roles that Marvel's going to have a real hard time at some point if they ever have to replace. One of them's Robert Downey Jr. obviously as as Iron Man and the other one I think is Hiddleston as Loki because he's just talk about somebody who came on the scene and just really has the ability to steal the show um, without, I think, intentionally, you know, meaning to do that. I I think just the audience and the fans have just kind of fallen in love with Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki. And it's just this is like a tour de force of even more so, I think, than the Avengers. I think this one is is really something special with him as, as that character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his the charisma uh, as a villain, but his charisma he displays, and uh, I mean, you really just want to like his character, even if it's just to like to hate him. Yes. There's been, at least of the main characters, been very few miscasts here. Another good moment here. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean you can see that from every relationship. Sure. This whole time we've been seeing Loki just trying to contemplate his fate, but seeing how his, that self was a ruse or an illusion later on was uh, telling to his proper state. Yep.
what was it that uh, Malekith said? He's like, you know, no, no weapon, none of their weapons. You be, be their weapons would be powerless against him. How did they say it? Yeah, so ultimately, it's not. It's it won't be one of the Asgardian weapons that will destroy them. Right. I wonder how much of any of this design was put forth knowing that Guardians was coming. Because, I mean, we see that Malekith and the Dark Elves have their spaceships. It's it's definitely, you know, what I'll call spaceships and, you know, holographic technology. And, and we're seeing even the weapons of the Asgardians kind of have that shimmer to them. And, and we see that the Asgardians even kind of have aircraft and things like that. Um, I, I wonder if maybe this was meant to be not just in the post-credit scene but in the movie itself to be somewhat of a bridge to to get us to where guardians feels like it fits in and actually feels like it's a part of this universe you know it's very likely very possible that they they did have that in mind or at least wanted to establish something love that how he's able to just yes. jump and he knew the hammer's on the way to him but it, but it is very possible like like with the first lore as i said they had to um they had to prove that uh that Thor existed in, in, and this Thor's hammer, his technology, his magic, whatever you want to call it, existed in a world that had S.H.I.E.L.D. and Iron Man and all these very uh, grounded, uh, Earth-based uh, heroes and event and, and technologies. Thor, too, had maybe had to set up that exact same thing on a cosmic scale, introduced the Marvel Cosmic to us in a little more bigger scale. Yeah. And there's been different interpretations of the nine realms. You know, each of the nine realms being a different galaxy versus different solar systems within the same galaxy. Like, like Midgard would not just be Earth, but be all of our galaxy, and Asgard would be yet another galaxy or another not not just another dimension, but you know, complete not just but more than another solar system of something bigger. So, so I'm thinking the interpretation here is that they're they're if not different solar systems, different parts of the same universe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... I mean, we could see it when they showed the world tree, like one of those yeah. branches even looked like it had a, you know, a Milky Way-type galaxy on it. Mm-hmm. That was probably Midgard. But so, maybe, so maybe it's the same universe, but they are different galaxies. It's like maybe one could be Andromeda to pick one out. But sure. but clearly the Guardians the guardians uh, of the galaxy are our galaxy. It's still Midgard in the case of Thor... Thor, of Thor. You know, it's still part of our local system, if you will, our local group, as uh, they would say on Cosmos. Yes. What a badass here! Yeah. Take down the whole, take down the whole ship by himself, riding the knives down the hull of the ship like it's a sail on a pirate ship. Yep. Like yep. I got it. He's like, I just fixed this thing. <laughs> oh, snap. Yep. I, I can't stop all those. <laughs> Power Rangers. Yeah. So everybody 
talked about the them. They were they were like Power Rangers bad guys, which I kind of agree. This was a criticism. People thought, yes, okay, fine, science is magic, but these guns were a little too technology and not enough magic. These were mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, they could see these anywhere. I love the skiff boats here. Yes. And again, it gives us an opportunity to see much more of Asgard, you know, that there's houses and trees and, you know, there's there's something other than this this huge gold palace that sits in the right. middle of it. So Yep. The Flash shield. Gordon, the lightning yes. shield. Raise the lightning shield. I can make it, I can make it ah crap. Oh. No, not so much. Doesn't take much to take it down, though. No. Well, with Sky's line, the more they, uh, the more they uh, complicate the works, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Yep. 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 Now I can make it in. I guess the columns weren't really weight-bearing because nothing's come down on them yet. Yeah, no, they weren't load-bearing walls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think this is also significant, this whole sequence, because I think Odin, as much as he talks about Thor having a lot of hubris and a lot of arrogance, I think Odin is just as guilty of that. and Very you know, much so. Yeah. And yeah. This, so I think this is pretty significant that they were able to invade his home, literally, and... Mm-hmm successfully and just kind of knock him down a peg. And, and obviously when we see what happens further on, it, it, it brings that to the forefront even more. I love these, you know, black hole grenades or singularity grenades, yes. whatever they are. So Malka just happened to be on the one that got in. No, of course. Just casually grab one and take out the throne. That's like a thumb in the eye right there. That's what it was. Lost my one good eye. That's so dead after all, are they? Nope. 
Dope. You look back to what Odin said to uh, Thor about, you know, what's in front of you. I mean, to suggest that Thor take a wife like Sith, Sith is very much like what Odin did. I mean, Frigga clearly is a warrior in her own right, very much like Sith is now, and very capable of handling herself, as you can tell. Yeah, I really thought this was a well-done scene just with... You know her kind of showing that she's not just the dutiful wife; that she's yeah. she's she's a badass in her own right. So again, the same technology that we saw earlier with her, with Frigga. Yep. Malkith was just in, um, featured in the latest run of uh, Iron Man in the comics. And um, you know his his in this case he does a half burned face in the comics just seems to be just half white half black. Yes, almost so, kind of I mean, like I don't, Eclipso from the DC universe. Yeah, I don't know Malekith that well. No, neither do I. And it's funny because right after the movie, uh, when they finished the God Bomb, uh, the God Butcher story in. Um, uh, Thor God of Thunder from Jason Aaron in the comics, Malekith was like the next villain, the next arc. Right. To coincide with that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think this Iron Man run started, I think just finished uh, chapter six, I think maybe it was. And I want to say, so it started about just about six months ago, maybe less. So it was right. Yeah. I think Malekith appeared just around the time this, this movie came out on Blu-ray. So kind yeah. of coincidental timing there, maybe, maybe not. Top one of my top, probably top five moments of this whole film is this whole sequence, you know, uh, with a, yes. a, a quote of a Viking funeral. You know, I mean, and, and to have us, it focus early on on the Queen of Asgard, and completely on her alone out in the, in the ocean before it slides off the. Uh, the edge of Asgard, if you will, and the, oh, the flaming arrow. I mean, this whole thing was just everything that we would know about Viking lore, Viking mythology, considering who these these are the, the Viking, the Norse gods. Of right. course, it would be nothing but this. Buried with a sword, too. I thought that was, you know, again, yeah. really yep, cool. Absolutely, very respectful. And then if you see the shot, you see all of Asgard's dead following yes. her. You see the magnitude of it. And again, given that Alan Taylor's directed some episodes of Game of Thrones, I mean, this definitely, this definitely yep. fits in. And I admit, I was wondering what they were going to do when the uh, they reached the edge, and I, I couldn't have been more pleased with how they handled it. You know, let it float off until her spear is released. 
to the stars, or however they're going to characterize us here. Almost as, and see how the stars brighten. It's almost as if a new constellation was born. Yep. Now, what are these? The fallen whose bodies were not recovered, or just lights in the sky? Yeah, I just took this as kind of like on Earth. You know, now it, now it's real popular to do the whole like. Uh, paper bag over the candle or whatever and have them yeah, float away. Yeah, well, you, you can blame. You can blame Tangled for bringing that back. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the only other thing I've ever seen Chuck in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like that moment, too. You see Loki's rage here, but, you know, not really a word spoken enough to, like, he says something to Loki. and Yeah. And like he drew the world tree as he now understands it. Mm-hmm. Somewhere here, I think it's he wrote, he writes, or we see it's a 616 somewhere on there. Yeah, you see there's a vertical drawing, the two of the nine realms, and there's a big one in the center. I think it is supposed to be Earth, Midgard, in the middle. Talking about the convergence here. Now we're talking more about the uh, convergence. We, he's as much talking to his fellow guests in the hospital as he is talking to us, so we can understand more the convergence from a different level. Yes. Any questions? <laughs> and there's our cameo. Yep. Yes, you can have your shoe back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now he has to heal. Love this. So we get another shot of the uh, the ether again. This is supposed to be more internal to Jane, I believe, but she's getting a vision now of what's to come, what what he wants, what Malekith wants the ether for, and we yeah. see the darkness spread out and the ether take over and blot out the sun, you know, turn the world to darkness, just as it, as Owen described. And she knows it's not going to end there, and I like the effect with her eyes black until she blinks there. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yep. And it's all your fault. He still won't admit. He still doesn't want to admit that, nope. you know, 
we can't have a shot of fighting this. I'm not saying he's not wrong to, you know, he's not wrong to be cautious about Thor's plan, but see, there's that arrogance talking about how many will you sacrifice. I mean, Thor would have been running, rushing the battle before the first movie. You know, he wants to minimize the damage. Yeah, and he's he's coming to Odin with the, with a plan and mm-hmm. not just being like, this is what I'm going to do, old man. You know, you're you're just a fool, right, like but, he did in the first one. And I think Thor is being respectful here, not only because it's his father, not because he's changed, but also because he recognizes that Odin's ego has very much been bruised and he has something to prove. It's it's definitely a reversal of sorts from the last time. Yeah. I mean, in the first movie, when the Frost Giants invaded, he's like, the Destroyer took them out. Everything worked as it's supposed to. Well, it didn't happen that way this time, and they clearly got a lot farther than they should have or ever should have. So near the Fury, Darcy had two jobs in this movie. One was to get Jane back into the gear, and now to get Selvig back into gear. And then once that's done, she really has no nothing else to do. True. Not a good look. All right. I think we all agree this this begins the most fun we're going to have all movie. Yes. It really took takes on a, an Ocean's 11 vibe from here until we till we escape with Loki finally. Yes. See, there it is. Yep. I said Thor recognizes what Odin's doing. Nice reference to the Tesseract. Remind us where it is. Yep. Another acknowledgement of what the uh, Tesseract's real power is to transport the door. Yep. I think you commented on this here the uh, third time's a charm yeah he sees through the illusion finally yep so so when was he like this was did was did he become this loki this this desperate this 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 uh lost um 
since he's been imprisoned or after he learned of Frigga's death. Judge by the disarray of the room, that little outburst we saw, uh, I'm thinking he was keeping his poise until then and he kind of lost it. Now this is his grief. Yeah, I think so. Um, because obviously he hasn't been living in that room with all that stuff destroyed for all that time, so... Yeah. I don't think he, he can maintain the illusion that long, so yeah, I think this is fairly recent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he puts it very clearly here. I, I don't trust you. And when you betray right. me, as he's... When when you betray me. Yep. He's learned. I mean, he's definitely learned. I think prior to this, he he always had a glimmer of hope, and I think after New York, he realized yeah. that, that that there's no he's he's hit the point of no turning back. But you know, right now it's just a matter of yeah. you know life and death of his entire people. Yeah, here comes our our big cameo. That was a definitely a surprise for me. Me too. Now that guard right there, that's the same guard figure he's going to use oh, later yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the when they shot this, I mean, obviously Jamie Siff is clearly there. She speaks those lines, but they dub over. Here we go. Right. <laughs> Even the music. Yep, yep. That's Patriots. Chris Evans did a fabulous job with that. Yes. Playing playing Loki playing Captain America. Yep. The uh And I love how they they even used his voice. You know, they didn't even dub over his Oh voice no, you like couldn't do it. Do you it. couldn't do that. Um Yes. But he like like I saw a behind the scenes shot of that when they shot that, they did the scene with with Sif, and it was Jamie Alexander. She's speaking her voice, and then it cuts right to this scene, and Loki. It's 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 Hiddleston wearing the Captain America costume, delivering, ah. the, delivering the same dialogue. Um, I don't know if it's just for reference or if it's for what, but it was it was pretty funny to see in and of itself. Yeah, maybe they were afraid. Okay, if we can't get Evans, we need to have this thing shot. So let's just yeah, maybe you know, let's, could, could let's just that. do it and cover our bases. Yeah. And a lot of people have asked that that did not count as one of his contracted appearances. No? Good. Sleeveless Thor? Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's a good point to note, too, the Sleeveless Thor. I mean, that's actually <laughs> a clue that... Hello. Yeah, here's her. My own... I love that Heimdall is just so committed to duty. Like even when he's he's being disingenuous, he's yeah. still keeping his word. Like he's always kept he is. his word. I mean, and he's doing it. He's he's sacrificing himself for the greater good. He's basically saying, "I'm I've yes. committed treason by not reporting this to you." 
Um, but I, I think he also understands, and uh, I love her her blade or double double edged blade. She used that yes. in, in in New Mexico. She brought it on Agents of Shield with her. And again, the, 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 they're cutting between the planning of the heist to each scene of it as they, as they get to it. It's very well yes. done. But as I started to say, the sleeveless floor is a... Um, I completely missed it when it happened. But it's uh, definitely a clue to uh, the ultimate endgame. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah, a little bit. There'll be a line. There'll be a line. Yeah, everybody's out to kill him. How hard can it be? Get that Blues Brothers vibe there, like when they're all trying to climb the stairs. <laughs> yep. Little Han Solo. Yep, yep. Yep, pile on. I think the mix is a little too rich on that there. Mm-hmm. You think that is that diesel or is that an electric car? Maybe it's five thousand years old, though. I mean, it hasn't had a lot of miles these last couple of years. I'm sure, it's yes. found the ride a little rough. <laughs> it's a big difference between flying a hammer and flying a ship. Yeah, a little bit. And to be clear, it's really the hammer that's doing the flying. He's just kind of hanging on real tight. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Carry on. The- And it was boar. Nah. I'm not quite dead. When that happened, at first I laughed, but then I'm like, I, 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 I know we pushed him that a little too far, but I thought he needed Loki. Yeah. I love the control sticks like a rudder. Yep. 
I love how they they you know told him as little as possible. You know, because oh, yeah. again they know he's going to double cross. It's Absolutely. not a matter of, of of it's not if if it's when it's when. Errol Flynn. <laughs> With that blonde hair, he looks like Dak Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> now listen real carefully here. When they, as soon as he exits the the passage, when he exits. Yep. I caught this on my second time in the theater. Ta-da! A little ta-da yeah. at the end. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. Um, so jumping back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I'm assuming it is that one of those passages or something like that that Lorelai used to come to Earth, not the Bifrost directly. That would have been too obvious, too and too easy for her to get caught. But they never really yeah. did say how she how she got to Earth. Yeah, I'm guessing. So with Heimdall being in charge of the bridge, I don't think anybody's going to really get past him. Right. But it must have some of the same properties of the Bifrost itself, or at least of a signature, because I think they did say they detected an anomaly. Maybe not as strong as the Bifrost was, but something similar enough to, to trace. Yeah. This is, how do you pronounce it, Svartalheim? Yes. Yeah. He's right, though. I mean, Loki's trying to actually reason with Thor here. I mean, eventually, she's human. He's an Asgardian. He, he's got 5,000 years in him. She has 80, whatever. Yep. Probably the first time the two of them had a chance to grieve together as brothers over the, the over Frigga. Yeah. And again, he he holds hope. He he yeah. truly does love yeah. Loki as a brother, and he's. I think he's truly here's, saddened. Here's what Loki says here now. Yeah. I mean that's pretty clear i mean this that's the why that whole conversation was the why why is loki choosing to help now and yeah. why will he not betray thor until the job is done he's here to avenge his mother he's here to avenge frigga um yep and he's willing to work with thor to do that another you know another blues brothers for me this was all blues brothers to me right here going through his, his stuff yeah you know, one suit black Yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, that's... Mm. Darcy. Yay! That's an easy way to find you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, where are we all? I've had a god in my brain. Yeah, you can see, go through the portal. Well, I'm all better now. Yep. <laughs> I don't need my meds anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I find myself I don't have a lot to say when Darcy's on. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. We were so set up to want to expect to expect a betrayal when this happens up come what's but with more that I can't even talk. With what's about to happen, it just was too obvious. I didn't buy it at all that it was betrayal and not part of the plan. Right, right. I love the handcuffs. Who, Loki's handcuffs? Or or Thor's braces? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this, this didn't fool me no. a, a bit. I was like, okay, this is... They got to put on the show. Way too obvious, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, actually we did. And then when I saw that, I was like, mm, "Yeah, you, you questioned like, for he a sold second. It really yeah. well, he did. For a second, I questioned myself." He sells it really well. He does. All that all that stuff is how he probably really feels. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say when there's a, a nugget of truth in there, or as George Costanza would say, it's it's, it's if you it's not a lie if you believe it. Yep. <laughs> he even he even got uh, cursed to uh, to vouch for him, Loki. And I was thinking, well, would it be kind of cool to see him having some sort of, you know, prosthetic hand or something like that? I know yeah. in, uh, in 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 Thor: God of Thunder, the comic, there's there's three Thors from three different eras. There's the current era, the the the, you know, kind of North right. Norse mythology era, right. and there's the future th- Thor, which is King Thor, King and he Thor, actually right. has a destroyer arm, which oh, is okay, just cool, yeah, all kinds of awesome. I I like how. Yeah, it means Malekith gets the ether, but it also is means that we don't have to drag on the whole how do we get out of Jane Foster thing. It's like, okay, it's out of her, we're done. And I like how it actually it comes out of her. I mean, you can see it comes out of really every pore of her. Yes. In these droplets, these particles and So you know, it's when this was my clue about his uh the shirtless Thor, when the illusion is lifted his sleeves are back on, so it's been an illusion the whole time. Yep. Yep. You know, so... Thor's plan kind of worked if it was yep. possible to destroy the ether. Unfortunately, it's just not that simple. Nope. I kind of like how it's shards as opposed to liquid. You know, we can almost kind of see it as a liquid thing, and then it's just kind of yeah, like shards. The, which the lightning crystallized it until it can yeah. you know reform into its natural state. Nice save by Thor. I like how we still maintain that nobody with Thor can pick it up, but it does demonstrate just how powerful the curse it is that he's able to deflect it or redirect the, the hammer. Right. How about just a moment ago, Loki's look when he's being surrounded? It was almost like, you know, four against one. You, you sure you don't want to add a few more guys and make it a fair fight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
think that's kind of how they handled it with uh, JLA Avengers. Superman never actually wielded the hammer, but he's able to kind of steer it. Right. Guide right. it a little bit. Whoops. That was cool. Now, that's an interesting line. I've been thinking on that for a while. The whole see you in hell. Yeah. Now, for those of us who read Marvel and know better, we know it's not uh, a Christian, if you will, hell, H-E-L-L, but really hell, H-E-L, of of Asgardian mythology. But I I read something that made me think more about that. If I am read this correctly, Hela, the guardian of hell, is Loki's daughter. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, apparently. I, I, re- I was reading up on a little bit more about that. So I don't think, I think this is a little too complicated for the purpose of this of this movie and this series. But the theory was that Loki really does die here. But Hela sends him back or allows his return or otherwise prevents his crossing. Uh yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a little too complicated, a little too I think maybe he just feigned his death, and this is this is where the betrayal happens, is, is here. I think it's more likely. Right. But, but, the, but I don't think they used hell by accident. I think it was clearly meant to be H-E-L at the very least. Sure. Oh, absolutely. So now the ride's gone. They, they didn't, they did destroy the ether, and they're stuck in the dark world. It's also a pretty down ending. We kind of need a little comic relief right about now. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense of where those portals opened up. It's it, it's it's all places where the ether had influence. I mean the the portal, yeah, the portal in the warehouse, as we're going to clearly see, opened right here. And you're like, oh, it just happened to be right where they were. I'm like, well, no, that's where the ether was active five thousand years ago, and the ether, you know, drew in Jane Foster. Maybe the ether itself was the the source of the anomalies or was taking advantage of the, of the uh, convergence to influence itself and try to escape. As soon as the phone rang, though, I'm sure the same was for you. It, it, their escape immediately became clear. I'm like, oh, the portal's open, of course. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is also where I was like, okay, the key's got to be here somewhere. <laughs> He's just like, oh, this like, is awkward. Oh, cool. No, she's like, she wants to talk to me. No, Thor. Thor oh, has yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, this yeah. is awkward. Yeah. There's the keys.
<laughs> Why are there so many shoes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are shoes? Are you in a tunnel? <laughs> yeah, we're right back at the warehouse. And of course, one of the best lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. She's just like, really? And now we're going to do this really? now? <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> he just hangs the hammer up. <laughs> His pants. <laughs> Thor. That was great. Oh, thank God. He's a hugger. Yes. It's our same guard. Same guard from the uh, yep the walk earlier. But it's his voice. Is it? Let me listen. No. So, no. That's the yeah, that's the actors. I guess it. Yeah, it sounds a that, lot like Loki, though. No, that's that's not Hilson. He's definitely trying to mimic his his facial expressions, though, because it's still Loki underneath. I like that we're getting Selvig's in the zone now. Yep, yep. So like they use a convergence to use make the rocks lighter to build the pyramids is where he's saying. Or mm-hmm. Stonehenge, kinda like the, the the crates earlier. You know, that's that's just kind of form themselves seemingly randomly or otherwise just Well, it didn't five thousand years ago, honey, so I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> I Thor's like I'm ready yeah I'll get my pants yeah <laughs> like I said you have to hammer them in you know because they have made something that any more little they needed to be hit with a hammer yeah Of course, this is the bit we saw in the yeah. trailer early on. Yeah. So we saw it, it, the last time he tried to do it, but he tried to release it from Svartalheim, which I can only imagine is 
if you laid out the nine runs. Maybe in that convergence, it, ha- it happened to be in the middle. But I'm guessing Midgard, of course, is the middle universe, is why he needs to be on Earth this time. Because it'll, it'll be put him in the middle and be able to stretch out in the two directions to expand the ether. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Probably not. But there's got to be a reason why he has to be on Earth this time where he wasn't last time. Yeah. Unless he just wants to punish Jane, but I doubt it's that simple. You're probably not, yeah. You have an elevator. Yeah. It's a walkivator. Cool it's a walkivator. <laughs> goes sideways and upways and <laughs> downways and every other way. So when they say the convergence can't be seen by everyone, do you think it's a literal literal thing that they can't see those big holes in the sky, or is it just the uh, you can't perceive the actual electromagnetic magnetic effects unless you're like right in the middle of it? That's what I would think. Yeah, because it's I mean they make such a big deal of yeah you know it I mean it even changes the lighting and everything when the lighting sure. when you know when things start to line up more it it gets real fair from pronounced yeah yeah okay. That's quite a hit. Yeah, that's a good hit. Depending on who you ask, the effects that they're going to do with all this uh, teleporting back and forth gets either just enough or or old. I yeah, I mean, I I think if I had to criticize, I think it may be just a little bit too yeah. long. I think if they'd have, yeah, I think if yeah. they'd have tightened it up just a little bit, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. But I mean, the movie's just under two hours or right at two hours, so yeah, it's, so it's still not too bad. There's a couple of good scenes that came out of it. One of them yes. being in the subway, and not not long from now, I think the Darcy intern thing was a little much, but whatever. Yeah. Whoops. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Scream like a girl. Yep. Sliding home. I love how you can just see the faint halo to tell that, you know, the portal's there. Right. Really subtle, nice subtle effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I love the cars just yep. go flying like that. That's pretty cool. 
I do like this where he lost a hammer for yes. a bit, and it's like, oh, I gotta go back to Thor, so he starts flies into space. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool. Yep. Cool effect, and it was a it, it was a cool uh, plot device too, because then again, he doesn't have his hammer, so he can't yep. rely on his hammer. Yeah, and now he can't fly from right here, and he's falling down the building. Right. Like oh oh, and of course the hammer turns around. Yep. And just, just he's missed about it. to get it. Missed it by yeah. that much. Now I got the uh, RAF coming in. Okay, I'm not sure. I don't think we missed it. I think it's coming right here. Let me see. Whoops. Yeah, Vanaheim. Jotunheim. Jotunheim, yep. Yep, there's our ice creature again. Yep, which we'll see again. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Cars floating. Cars floating, yep. Ian knows what to do. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> mew mew. Mew mew. <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> Subway, here we go. <laughs> he just gets on like it's nice. Can't can't help but touch Thor. <laughs> Thor's not dumb, he knows what's going on there. That was a cool touch. And there it is, hidden Mickey. Sorry to say, but hidden Mickey right there. Can't have a Disney film without a hidden Mickey. Of course, there was one in Tron, too. Was it 30 years ago now? And this is it. He's ready to destroy the universe. The ether's just slowly snaking up. It's actually a really cool effect the way they did that with the ether. Starting to enter the the realms. So like the Bifrost is being about to be taken over, yeah. So it's in Asgard. Of course, ultimately, it's a human, what human device that, Earth-made device that's going to save the day. I mean, you need Thor's help, so really this combination of the two, but 
without it, they weren't going to beat him. Right. Yeah, as he... I really like this effect. Yeah. Just all the red. Yeah. And it it just... It was really cool. I saw it. We just saw a lot of it already started to take take over uh, into Asgard. So some of it's actually gotten into the other realms. Yeah, it took his hand off. I mean, it's not. It, I like how the ether's still coming out of his hand now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious that the ether is going to completely escape his body, but I don't think they really spend any time on how they collected it all back together. We just have to assume that yes, they were clearly they were able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and here's a very obvious scene. Last spike, hammer's on its way. He had his hand out, ready to go, and. All in one motion. It's very cool, actually, how he does it. But one yeah. motion, hammer, it's a perfectly nail, timed. spike. And he's gone. But the ether's completely dissipated, and there's no trace of it at all. The only thing I think of is it, it tends to want to stay together, like as a somewhat cohesive unit. So, right. So with no, without Malekith to command it or to guide it, it just wants to collect back out on itself, maybe. Yeah. Well, if so much, we did clearly saw it going into Asgard, I mean, right surrounding the Bifrost. So maybe the majority of it had already crossed into that realm, and that's where they get it from. But they really don't spend any time on it there, other than we see no. at the end. You know, I said uh, when we talked about it when I our show later a few moments ago, not here when the the ship cuts Malekith in half, but uh, oh, the ether's still there around him. He still has ether there. Do you see that? Yes, yes, yes. He does still have the ether, so it's still in Svartalheim. So they must, they must just go to collect it with the Bifrost, or otherwise take it, take over, take it from him. Um, but no, after Malekith first disappeared and everything quieted down. This kid down the front of the audience just started yelling, "That was awesome!" <laughs> it's one of those great moments that make you just smile because, like, yeah, they they did it right. Yes, and we see the jets fly back out of the one portal. They're they're home. The convergence is dissipating, and now Jane's back home. I love it. Yeah, as I say, nobody wants to broach the subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I love this this interaction right here. 
That right there summed the whole thing up. Yep. Tired. Yep. Because he can't take it. Exactly. I was just thinking that he he can't take it because nope. it's not Odin. But he sells it as if it was Odin, allowing him to keep it. Yep. Go. Let me rule and... Owen's place without your interference. Yep. I I would love to know where Odin actually is, what's actually going on behind the scenes there. Yep. I I wasn't surprised by that. I really wasn't. I was actually a little no. pleased. I was rather pleased. It was awesome. He totally played him. I mean, he yeah. he offered him the throne knowing he wasn't going to take it. Just no, I didn't realize Chris Yost was involved with the screenplay. Yeah, uh, Kyle and Yost are are both uh, yeah. both uh, big on this one and the last one, which yeah. they are in of recent years. They're probably two of my favorite comic writers. Well, they um, they had they had an awesome X Force run. Well, they were very involved in uh, Avengers Earth Minus Heroes as well, obviously. And yes, uh, and my son and I are watching those right now, and. In fact, I had completely missed when I watched it a couple of years ago, mainly because I wasn't really, I didn't know them, but there was an appearance of the Guardians of the Galaxy in that show. Yes. And I yes. Uh, I didn't even know about it. Of course, uh, Star-Lord was voiced by the same guy who voices Master Chief from Halo, and that that's definitely throws me off after hearing nope. uh, uh, Chris Pratt for so long now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kyle and Yost are actually coming back to uh, to the X-Men for a little bit. I forget which book. I think it's oh, cool. is it Nightcrawler. I don't know. Oh, no, Amazing X-Men they're going to write. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, if you ever get a chance to go back and read their X, X-Force run, right. that uh, is just really, really well done. They did New X-Men, too. They took over New X-Men, and it became the, the, uh, the rebooted X-Force. It was just really, really well done. Cool. Just kind of hang back and let them finish up these initial credits, and we'll talk about the uh, the first credit scene, and we can talk a little bit more while the credits roll. I like the painting, the style of these credit scenes here, taking us through the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right.
Oh, Asgardians. Kind of an eccentric dude. A little bit. There it is. What? Again, wedged between two stones. Yeah, I caught that. You got the same red glow in the plane, but in, in between. Yeah. But yeah, trapped between two two stones. Much more compact, obviously, than it was. Yes. So. The collector, is he collecting Infinity Stones for himself or for someone else? That's a good question. Yeah. Now, as far as we are, um, we, we, we know, now we've seen, I assume, most of the trailers uh, of Guards of the Galaxy. Did you see, there's one location in particular that I was very pleased to see. Yes. And apparently is also the base of operations for the collector. Yeah, and it, and given what we've seen of the look of the outside, that kind of greenish, yellowish, cloudy glow, the interior of that ship definitely, or that interior of the location we just saw definitely fits with, yeah, with that. Yeah, so. so I don't know if you want to say here, but I, I was very pleased to see that it's that made in the movie. Yes. Um but yeah, but that's our, our Guardians of the Galaxy leading, so I don't know if the Infinity Stones themselves... I don't think it's a whole, but I've got a hunch that uh, the the orb we see Star-Lord trying to steal early on is, is itself an Infinity Stone. I don't know. I don't know about that. It, 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 we'll see. Uh, I, I, yeah. think, I think another stone is going to make an appearance in it, though, and I think that is going to play a tie-in up into probably Avengers 3. Um and we're going to have more introduced to us. But we, we just got proof that, yes, the Tesseract is one. Yes, the Ether is another. I think everyone seems to agree that the stone that was in Loki's scepter is a third one. Uh, probably the mind gem. Tesseract is space. Yeah. And, of course, the Ether is power. You know the 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 power st- gem was always uh, would give the user near unlimited power on its own, let alone in com- conjunction with the rest of them, and that's certainly what the ether seemed to do for Malekith. Yeah. Um, so that leaves uh, that leaves us with what time, reality, and yeah. one other. I'm forgetting the last one. Mind, space, time, reality, power. 
So do you think we'll get so just kind of plotting things out right now? Space. So we know By we're going to no, get space is a test um, yeah, yeah. Power. that we're going to get we're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy obviously in summer twenty fourteen. We're going to get Avengers twenty two twenty fifteen. It's unlikely that we'll get another Avengers movie before. 2018 at this point because I think it's you know five years or three years is kind of how they're yeah they're spacing them right. out. So I wonder if we'll get another Guardians before. Kevin Feige uh, says the, something along those lines. They asked if there was plans for one. He's like, whenever we do a movie, we want to make that movie be the best one it can be. So if we have an idea, we're going to do what we can to include it in that in that movie because we may not get another shot at one. Um, doesn't mean not everything gets into a movie. So basically, what he was saying is, we're going to let this one get this one out there, and we'll see how it does, and then we'll make the decision if there's going to be a second one or not. But they don't have plans per se for a second to plot out a second one. Doesn't mean there can't there there, there won't be one. Right. Um, the soul gem. That is soul the gem. gem. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Um, that could almost be what Loki Scepter is too, when you consider how it how it works. Well, no, probably mine's is better because it also gave them knowledge. It gave yeah. them, you know, things like that. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Soul Gem, let's say, that came out in the Doctor Strange movie. Very possible. Speaking of Doctor yeah. Strange, um, that's been my 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 latest uh, read. I got my hands on like the original Journey into Mysteries uh, and some other Doctor Strange. I'm trying to. I'm really been enjoying even those very first issues that. Of Doctor Strange, kind of get to know him a little more. Um, but the only Doctor Strange I know is whatever I may have seen uh, in either animated form or appearances in other books. Uh, but I've never read a Doctor Strange comic in and of itself, so I decided that I needed to correct that. And I'm really enjoying the older stuff. I'm still on the journey of the mystery. I haven't gone beyond that yet. If you could find Doctor Strange, The Oath, it's a somewhat recent series. Yeah. Very, very, very well Good. done. Good. Yeah. All right, here comes our, our, our end end credit scene here. Yes. She's wearing the same shirt everybody left. She's still picking her cereal. Yeah. It's supposed to be a nice day, though, with, but there's lightning and thunder. And there's the Bifrost. Honey, I'm home. That was great. That just made me laugh and smile. That's still there. And it's just chasing birds like any other cat or dog would. Have a good old time. Yep. Yep. I know that this movie probably wasn't people's favorites of the of the of, of them. And a lot of people thought it was. I for sure described the waste of a movie. It's not my favorite of all of them, but it's still a very good. I still enjoyed the movie. And like most of them, or all of them, the connections to the rest of the MCU is what, what draws me into it. 
as more than anything. Um, I still maintain Iron Man 2 is the linchpin of Phase 1. The, sure. Um, uh, but the, this one, it, it had quite a few, mostly around the, the just those Infinity Stones. Um, and that's clearly what I think the, in terms of the bigger picture, what this movie's purpose was, was to identify their existence and to define that, yes, the Tesseract and, and the Ether are at least two of them. And uh, I think that's our path to take us into Phase 3. Yeah. I mean, I, overall, I definitely enjoyed it more than the first Thor movie. And I just thought this one was a really cool adventure story. And I, I think, you know, had characters that we're familiar with and enjoy, you know, having Hiddleston back as Loki, um, kind of expanding the importance and the role of Odin and Frigga, I thought was was good. Um, you know, it, it was tightly paced, too. I mean, it didn't drag in any, you know, the, there you can't really look to any parts of this movie that, that were draggy at all. I mean, even in the first Thor movie, there are a couple spots where you're like, yeah, maybe, it, you know, if if, if there's if there, if there any criticism, and uh, there wasn't a lot, it was, you know, few places it maybe drug a little bit. And even that movie wasn't really long. It was right at the two-hour mark as well. So, um, you know, I, I think they do a pretty good job with these Marvel movies in general of even when they're really long. I mean, Captain America the Winter Soldier was the second longest movie um, or, or the longest movie, and it didn't feel like it at all. No. I mean, they do a really good job of, of keeping things paced to where you're not sitting there wanting things to kind of move along. Right, right. And I think, I think we identified when we talked uh, just now uh, a couple of moments where it got right on the edge of being too long, the portal, things like that. But but by and large, I think you're right. It was paced well. I think Avengers paced better. I know people people disagree with that, but I, I never found myself looking at my watch with that movie. Um, yeah, me either. Th- th- this one had a couple couple moments where it's like, well, I guess with the scene in the restaurant early on, it, we were supposed to feel uncomfortable because they were uncomfortable. And, and that right. went as long as it should have. Uh, but but I had no real complaints about this movie. I, I do agree that not a lot happened that had any great great impact on the bigger picture. In fact, it just gave us it just told us what Thor's current status quo is, which is a good thing. Um, its impact comes comes out of the uh, the revelation of the Infinity Stones and our lead into the uh, right. uh, of the Galaxy. The concerns with that uh, collector scene about it being you know, cheesy or D Space Nine ish or whatever, I think have should have by now been dispelled with the trailers we've seen. I, I agree. I definitely agree. I mean I, I I said at the time, I know Brad was a little critical of it, and I said at the time, I'm sure that was hastily put together. Um you, you know, it was meant to kind of tonally fit a little more with the Thor world than than probably what we'd see with Guardians, but but yeah. I mean like like I said before, I think, you know, the the purpose of phase one is this is how the heroes affect the world, and I think phase two is this is how the world is affecting these right. heroes. You know, this is how the events of of New York and everything else going on. You know, we saw with especially with Captain America: and The Winter Soldier, with Shield, um, and everything that happened with that. How that affected Cap. You know how you know all of this is affecting Thor. We, you know, we saw that definitely with Iron Man. You know that that the events of what happened are affecting these heroes uh, more so than they have in impacted the world like th- their impact has been felt by the world and the world is kind of adjusting and now the-, the heroes have to adjust to a world where these things are becoming a norm indeed and it's uh it's been a fun ride so 
Yeah. I think I'm good. I don't know how you're, if you're got anything more you want to say. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, just, um, like I said, check out the website, hhwled.com, for all the other commentaries that, that I'll put up. So we'll kind of package them up in one cool place. You know, back when this movie came out, obviously, we talked about it on all of the shows pretty much. I mean, Half Hour Wasted covered it, um, Out Now covered it, LOD covered it, Jordan covered it on Jersey Shore. Yep. Um, you know, we did a Real Heroes episode on it. So, I mean, there's if you put in Thor or Thor the Dark World into the search button on the on the website, you'll definitely find every podcast that covered yeah. uh, these movies. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know on LOD and some other version, other shows that we've been involved, we've done. We have done a commentary for all of the Marvel movies, in addition to our other shows. They've all done commentaries, and uh, uh, I'm still pretty impressed with myself that I think I'm the only LOD cast member who is on all the commentaries so yay me yeah uh i kind of want you to get going which means the next one we'll have to do will be after september when captain america the winter soldier comes out actually it's probably gonna hit digital before that but i think we'll wait till the blu-ray release uh i was gonna say we can do it when shields on break but there's no break uh, Agent Carter will be on at that point, so we'll figure out a time to do that. But I'm right. sure it won't be. It probably won't be until at least October. We'll give it a few weeks out before we probably get to that. Uh, but that will be our next commentary, and it will appear here on uh, Is All Connected at some point. I think our plan right now is, we, is like I said at the top of this sh- of this show, to uh, do uh, a big connect. It's connect all connected episode and kind of go through those connections, and then we'll see it back with our. Our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm sure there's be lots of discussions of Guardians of the Galaxy on other shows, including Real Heroes and others. Indeed. Yeah, so if you want to leave us an email, the old we're, we're migrating to the new email since it's all connected, so that the email address will be it's all connected at hhwlod.com. So all one word. So shoot us an email about this particular episode or anything related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. We'll be happy to answer it or talk about it on the show. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 972-798-3830, and we'd be happy to play that on a future show. Uh, so we encourage that. And until next time, uh, where hopefully either John or Brad or both will be back to join us to to talk about whatever the next topic is to hold us over until uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We will see you then. Keep it up, girl. Yeah, you turn me on. Go, go, go.